I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robison, and you know one of the things that's close to my heart, uh, and I think close to the heart of God, are our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who suffer for their faith. And and I know things have gotten rocky here in the West, and you've got uh, pro-lifers facing long prison sentences, and you go, man, what's going on? But if we look around the world, you see there are people who literally are, are losing their lives sometimes losing limbs, uh, just horrible things um, happening. And, and I think it's good for us to be aware of it, uh, number one, so we can pray for them, number two, so we can take action through organizations that are working in those areas, and number three, just for perspective. Uh, you know, sometimes it's it's uh, healthy to have a global perspective um, because God sees all of us uh, and we, we should see our brothers and sisters, too. One of the organizations that's done a, a really good job of awareness as well as um, helping in those areas is Voice of the Martyrs uh, for, for decades now. They've been on the forefront of letting us know what's going on so that we can mobilize and help and pray. And Todd Nettleton has been on the program several times. I always enjoyed talking to him because... He is the voice of Voice of the Martyrs uh, on the radio program, but he is someone who has his finger on the pulse of what's going on. And so he's here today. They've just released their 2024 Global Prayer Guide, which I think is a great thing to download and to be a part of. Uh, so appreciate you guys watching uh, whenever, wherever you're watching. Uh, Judy, hope you're feeling better today. If you're watching live, the live chat is open. If you're watching later, we appreciate your nice comments. Todd, man, good to see you again. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So the, uh, the prayer guide came out. It's always interesting. Uh, things shift, things move. Some countries uh, get better for Christians. Some get worse. I wasn't that surprised knowing the work that we do um, in and around one country that has really risen. Tell us what's going on uh, over in uh, South Asia. Well, India is is changing. India has changed. It is changing still under the direction of Prime Minister Modi, who uh, is now 10 years in office. He is up again. Uh, they will have national elections in April and May this year to elect him potentially to five more years. Hmm. The instances of persecution in his 10 years in office have increased dramatically. And we actually have come to the point where we are no longer calling India a hostile area. We are now calling it a restricted nation. The, the same classification that we give to China, we now give to India. And, you know, people look at that and they look at the Indian constitution and say, well, wait a minute, the constitution says India has religious freedom, but under Prime Minister Modi's government, they have adopted this Hindu nationalist policy, that India is a Hindu country. Uh, in fact, different government leaders have, have literally talked about the, the soil of India is Hindu soil. And if you're not a Hindu, you don't really belong here. There's not really a place for you here. And so that is affecting Muslims. It is affecting our Christian brothers and sisters. It is affecting all other religions other than Hinduism. And 
it's coming from the government. The government is the one enforcing this. The government is the one pushing this. That's why we've changed that classification and are now calling India a restricted nation. You know, it, that's that's an interesting dynamic, not one we're used to, because we're used to, you know, a Muslim country is going to be hostile towards Christians, or you have sort of a secular country that, you know, pulls stuff like we're seeing in, in Europe and Canada and now in the States. Um, but the we, we don't think of Hindus, I don't think, particularly as violent or intolerant. Uh, but man, sometimes the things, the reports I've seen over the years, last, I don't know, at least five years, out of India, it there is some serious violence, oftentimes between Muslims and Hindus. Um, but now you're saying that, that Christians are being, what are they being just pushed out of jobs? Are they being harassed, kicked out of cities, being killed? What's what's the situation you see? Well, it is interesting. You, you think of Hinduism as kind of a tolerant, you know, there are there are millions of gods, according to Hindus, mm-hmm. and, you, and you can worship all of those gods except Jehovah, except your God, the Christians, except the God of the Muslims. We're, we're good with millions of gods, but we're not good with those ones. But what is happening is this pressure against other religions. And for Christians, it looks like this. We will have church services that will be raided by a mob of angry Hindus. Mm. And what they will accuse the church of doing is is converting people. And what they mean by that is you're you're enticing people to change their religion. You're bribing people to change their religion. Mm-hmm. One of the states, there are about 13 states, I believe it is, that now have anti-conversion laws on the books. And one of them actually classifies the promise of divine blessing as an illegal enticement. So if you say, hey, if you come and follow Jesus, he wants to bless you. He wants to bless your life. That is illegal. Literally, the words of the law spell out that that is illegal in this particular state. Those kinds of laws are now spreading to other states. They don't yet have a national anti-conversion law. There has been talk by Prime Minister Modi's government that, that they would like to have one. They haven't enacted that yet, but they are bringing this pressure to bear across the country. And we have heard literally there are business cards being handed out in Indian villages with a phone number to call. And it basically says, if you see any quote unquote missionary mm. activity, call this number. Mm. And so literally they want to know if anybody is talking about the gospel, if anybody is handing out Bibles, if anybody is showing the Jesus film, they want to know about it. They have a 1-800 number you can call and report it. And they will send thugs to shut down that ministry. They will send somebody to stop that ministry from going forward. That's the level of emphasis that they're putting on this. That's the level of effort that they're making to shut down the gospel in India. Wow. Uh, you know, man, rat out your neighbors. When that happens in your country, you know you're in, you're in for a, a, a bad situation. Or do you know if we're seeing a lot of Christian Indian Christians leaving the country? Or are they moving to more friendly regions? If we're seeing some displacement, there there is some of that. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs really tries to work with Christians who are choosing to stay, mm-hmm. uh, and so that is certainly our focus. But you're seeing pastors arrested and put in prison. Uh, you're seeing other Christians forced out of jobs. For out of their homes because, oh, we don't want Christians around here. We don't want that ministry to happen here. And so there really is a lot of pressure. Several years ago, one of our staff 
set up a meeting with leaders of Indian churches and you know, they said, we don't feel safe meeting with you anywhere in India. Mm. We need to meet someplace outside of the country. And that was several years ago. Prime Minister Modi in the years since then has consolidated even more power. Their predictions are that he absolutely will win the election coming up this spring. He will have five more years to institute some of these principles. Uh, and Christians in India are concerned about what that means for them. Jeez. Uh, I mean, obviously, we should pray for them. Uh, is there anything else you guys recommend that the you know people here in the West do for those in India? Certainly we start with prayer, and, and that is the first thing that persecuted Christians ask us to do is to pray for them. Mm. I think it's also important to let our government know that we're aware of what's happening in India to encourage them to play a role. Uh, one of the things that happened just, just recently, the State Department released uh, their list of what they call countries of particular concern. Uh, when it comes to religious freedom, they identify particularly egregious persecutors, uh, and they call them countries of particular concern. This year, they left India off of that list. And uh, the State Department would say, well, you know, we want to talk to them about trade. We want to talk to them about you know, strategic partnerships against China. But they chose to leave them off the list, even though we have seen this increase in persecution of Christians, of Muslims, of other religious minorities. Uh, I would encourage people, let your government representatives know you're paying attention to what's happening in India. Make sure the State Department is paying attention as well. Uh, maybe you could, we could just tell them that, that, that uh, Modi is misgendering people, and that would get our, our government's attention. That's my comment, not yours. I'm not putting that on you. Let's, so let's look at some other areas. I mean, we have sort of the, the typical hot spots. Obviously, North Korea is still the most backwards imprisoned place on Earth. Um, Muslim areas, it, it's bad. What are you guys? What are you guys looking looking at um, in this year? That yeah. One of the things that that I heard just recently on our Voice of the Martyrs radio broadcast from uh, a Christian from China is a kind of a change in strategy by the communist government in China. He said for the last year plus, all of the church leaders and church members that have been arrested have been charged with financial crimes, huh. not religious crimes, not illegal religious gatherings, not using a religious organization to undermine national security. None of those religious charges have been used for a year now. Always it has been financial crimes. They are charged with fraud. They're charged with money laundering. They're charged with illegal business practices. And so part of that is the, the Chinese communist government is, is changing their strategy. They're, they're focusing on the money. Uh, you know, we hear the famous saying, follow the money. Well, they are doing that now to shut down the church. But the other side of this is if you call up the Chinese embassy and say, hey, why, why did you arrest that pastor for being a Christian? They would say, oh, no, 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 no. This has nothing to do with religion. This is not religious persecution. He was committing fraud. We are cracking down on fraudsters, and, and he was a fraudster, so that's why we have arrested him. They are basically hiding their Christian persecution behind these financial charges. Now, these are pastors that are, are not money laundering. They're not committing right. fraud. But you think about in China, every unregistered church is illegal. Every time they gather together, they are illegal. Mm. If you put some money in the plate, the according to the state, the pastor is committing fraud because he's collecting funds for a church that doesn't legally exist. 
So that's fraud, right? He's taking an offering for a church that doesn't exist. So they are using these financial charges to crack down on the church, but also to hide the persecution that's happening in China. Just one more step against the church in China under the communist government, under President Xi Jinping. Yeah. Oh, and and there's another guy that would be better out of office because you know what he did when he was the governor of whatever province that was he's doing for the whole nation and it's not good and you know we've gotten to the point where life at Earth international we, we we support some people that work there still but we i mean we haven't been back to china in years because they've they've just been doing this slow push and that whole financial thing i mean such communist thing to do you know it's just the deception crazy all right there's another guy who's leading a country that we have seen just get worse and worse and worse and i'm curious if if where they're landing on your on your list and that's erdogan in uh, turkey uh man the hostility there is just seems like it just continues to ramp up you seeing a lot going on there it does continue to ramp up and it's interesting uh, even just a week and a half ago there was an attack on a church in istanbul um, a man was shot and killed inside of a church building there are some reports that he was specifically targeted because apparently he was a muslim background person uh, so perhaps he was being taken care of as an apostate uh, there are also reports that this was supposed to be a big attack on the church and somehow their guns malfunctioned or whatever and they only shot one guy instead of shooting up the whole church um the interesting thing about this this was the the responsibility for this attack was claimed by isis turkey province uh which before this we've never heard of so this is a potentially a new isis branch focused on turkey that would obviously be a concern for christians that would be a concern for the church in turkey and that's in addition to erdogan and his government and the things that they are doing Hmm. to slow down the growth of the church as well so Another country that is in our global prayer guide, another country we hope people will pray for in 2024. Actually, one of my favorite countries in the world is Turkey. I love Mm. the chances I've had to visit there, uh, but I would encourage people to pray for the church in Turkey. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I actually talked to a pastor who's getting ready to do a a cruise where they go to Greece and they go to Turkey. And I was like, you could could do that still? And I guess they, they don't mind the tourist dollars, even when they're Christians, but not very tolerant of the religion. All right, I want to show people the website real quick. This is vom.org, Voice of the Martyrs website. Uh, and you can see their update on India right there. Uh, and again, they, they do have that 2024 Global Prayer Guide that is available to, you know, give you uh, a little more information. And, you know, Larry watching right now points out something. He says, these are stories that don't make the mainstream news. Um, it, it, do you, <laughs> does it frustrate you? That man, you never turn on the TV. You, we see random stories from around the world of things, and yet there doesn't seem to be any concern for like literally people losing their lives for their faith. Um, and I'm just curious, does that ever? Do you ever think, why isn't you this know, in my, the news? My theory is they're going to cover one persecution story per year. <laughs> uh, so you know, several years ago, the girls from Chibok in Nigeria got kidnapped, and, and mm-hmm. that was the story for that year. And then Andrew Brunson was in prison in Turkey, and that was kind of the persecution story that year. Yes, it is frustrating. I, I wish more of these stories would be told, but at the same time, 
we understand this is a spiritual issue. And so it's hard for our secular media to really accurately cover a spiritual issue. True. Jesus said, the world hates me. And if you follow me, the world will hate you too. Uh, our brothers and sisters in more than 70 countries, that that's their reality. That's what they're living out right now. Mm. The world is hating them. Um, and so the, the spiritual aspects of this are, are something that's hard to translate for the secular media. And I think Frankly, that's part of the calling that Voice of the Martyrs has is to help the church hear these stories and to help the church understand what is happening around the world with our brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah, we need we need to. You know, it's actually Andrew Brunson that first told me how bad Iran was, and I've watched Turkey over the years, and he was exactly right. All right, we have a crew right now on the ground in Ethiopia, southern part of Ethiopia, which I'm actually quite excited about um, because there seems to be some real need there. Uh, with some starvation, there's some conflict in the north with uh, Eritrea, Eritrea or Eritrea, however you say it. Um, but there are other parts not too far from there, well, all over the, really the continent, where there are some serious uh, conflicts where they're coming after Christians. Uh, what are you seeing around Africa um, that is an ongoing concern? One of the things we are watching, and in fact, it's reflected in our global prayer guide, is the rise of radical Islam in Africa. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you can draw a line from west to east across the continent of Africa. And every year that line moves further and further south. Yeah. And above that line, radical Islam is the driving force. And it often means a lot of persecution for our brothers and sisters. And uh, you know, we see that moving further and further south. We see it moving into Mo Mozambique. We see it in other places. In, in the Democratic Republic of Congo, there have been numerous attacks in the last 18 months. And oftentimes these have uh, different, there are different levels of the attack. So yes, there is, there may be tribal animosity. Mm. Yes, there may be land animosity. Maybe it is in Nigeria, they often talk about farmers versus herders. But there is a very clear-cut animosity towards the gospel and animosity towards Christians that is reflected in these attacks. When you see a village attacked and the homes of all of the Christians are burned, but the homes of the Muslims are still standing, huh. it's not just about farmers versus herders. It huh. clearly was a religiously motivated attack. And so as we look across Africa and Voice of the Martyrs really in the last five years has ramped up our ability to respond to help Christians in Africa, uh, in so many of those countries where this persecution is increasing. Uh, but there are some some stories that you hear that are just awful about the level of suffering, the level of violence against Christians, uh, the level of sexual violence against Christian women, uh, some of the things that, that are just horrible to hear. Um, and yet, we see the faithfulness of brothers and sisters. We see them continuing to walk with Jesus even when they know their life is at risk, even when it costs them everything, they say, nope, I'm not going to deny my faith. I'm not going to become a Muslim. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. No matter what you do to me, I'm still going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Even in the midst of this great suffering, God is still at work in Africa. Yeah, and you know, I see that in other areas too. You know, in Iran right now, there's a growing underground church. Uh, and we know there is there are Christians in North Korea. Uh, it's hard to get you know stories in and out but what you when you look around these places where christians are being persecuted 
being killed, uh, the brutality, like you say, is it's just unimaginable at times. What? How is that that church responding? Because sometimes I think if that happened here, you would see the church wither down to ten percent of its original size. But maybe I'm just pessimistic. But I don't see that in these places where they're being killed for their faith. Persecution certainly is a, a separator within the church. Um, you know, I th- I think of my own life and, and there are different reasons over the years that I've gone to church. Um, if you're going to church for the wrong reasons and there's persecution, you stop going, right? right. It's not worth it. If, if you're going to meet girls or you're going to meet, make business acquaintances and, and have business opportunities, mm-hmm. when they start shooting people for going to church, none of that is worth it to you. Yeah. And so what you have in these places where the church is so heavily persecuted is you have churches that are full of people who are all there for the right reason. Mm. They are there to worship the Lord. They are there to learn the scriptures. They are there to fellowship with brothers and sisters, to encourage one another on to good works. And when you have a church that's full of those kind of people, how can it not grow? It is impossible for it not to grow because people are drawn to that. People see God at work in the midst and they want to come. They want to be a part of that. And so that's why the church in Iran is growing, even though the government is doing everything they possibly can to shut it down. That's why the church in North Korea is growing, even though you have to be so careful about how you share the gospel. Even in your own family, it's frightening Mm -hmm. to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. And yet the church is growing. So uh, yes, it is a separator, and, and, but in some ways, that's a good thing. It, it really does purify the church uh, and bring the, the true gold to the surface. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot we can learn from those in persecuted areas, and that's why I enjoy talking to you, because uh, it is a little bit hard at times, but yet I think it's it's healthy for us, and it, it should shake us uh, in a positive way, you know? I, I do want to end by asking you— um, if you have any thoughts, I didn't prep you for this ahead of time, but you know, in U.S., Canada, Australia, um, fewer and fewer people are identifying as Christians. A lot of people just don't know what they believe. There's some areas that are very populated by religions that are hostile to Christianity, even in the U.S. and in Canada and Australia, obviously in Europe. Um, what do you? Yeah, I mean. Don't, let me let me get let me get this right. Uh, I've seen some of the books coming out that's talking about the coming persecution of the church in America, and sometimes I just roll my eyes because it's bad theology. But what do you see when you when you look at home? You know, I certainly see that the the cultural winds are turning against biblical truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not popular anymore to hold to scriptural values. Uh, it's not, you can't just kind of float along with the culture and and grow spiritually and grow more like Christ. You have to make a decision to do that. Um, and so I think I, I think really the, the call is for discipleship in American churches, in American families that want to follow Christ. How are we discipling ourselves? How are we discipling young people to walk with Jesus, even when it's not popular, even when it's not you know, what everyone else is doing. How are we training up people to do that? Mm-hmm. And the other thing that, that it encourages me is we need to be ready to share our faith with people around us. And, and I'm pointing at me. I need to be ready to share my faith with people around us um, because oftentimes our 
our model has been, I'm going to bring somebody to my church and my pastor, who is a paid professional, he will share Christ with them. They will get saved because I will bring them to meet him and he will talk to them about Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's not the case in Iran or China or North Korea. Every believer says, it's my job to share the gospel. It's my job to tell somebody about Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I think we as American Christians, we need to get back to that model of, hey, every person in the church is a an ambassador, a representative of Jesus Christ. And it's not going to be my pastor who does it. It's not going to be somebody I vote for who does it. It needs to be me who is sharing Jesus with my neighbors, with my coworkers, with my fellow students, the people around me. I need to be ready to talk to them about Jesus. So well put. Spot on, man. And we, we need to be thankful for the religious freedom that we do have uh, and, and take advantage Amen. of it to share the truth, the grace, the love of Christ. Todd, man, uh, did I miss anything? I appreciate you being here. Did I, is oh, there I think we to, got it. Yeah, we got a pretty good overview. All right. Well, I mean, if you want more of it, you just need to go to vom.org, uh, download that global prayer guide, uh, and, and let's keep our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world in our prayers. If you can do something, do it crying out loud man these people they need our prayers and they need our support and we can do it appreciate you guys being here uh hit that share button if you haven't liked followed or subscribed i invite you to do that and we'll see you again next time here on life today live